In this episode, we've decided to talk about alcohol and our relationships with it. We look at where we live and where we work and the effect that that has on us when it comes to drinking. Do we drink too much? What do we feel about teetotalers? And how has it changed since our 20s to our 30s in terms of our relationship with this thing that is such a massive part of British culture? So enjoy. Welcome to Free and Figuring It Out, a weekly podcast hosted by two Brits, Sherelle Griffith and Verity Brown, on a mission to support, empower and reassure fellow independent millennial women that they can be self-sufficient, successful and seen. Hello ladies and welcome to another episode of our podcast. This week we decided to start around the subject of alcohol and kind of delve a little bit into it of you know what our habits are are we drinking too much is it different in different societies and cultures and just really a conversation about the part it plays in our lives um, and our own kind of little stories with it and the reason this kind of came up for me was I have started to Well, I started to question my habits quite a few years ago, actually. Like, I'm a northern girl, so I stereotypically, (laughs) well, you know, I used to actually be very proud that I could drink a lot. Like, it, and I I feel very cautious of saying this, but it's kind of part of my DNA. And I say that, you know, shamedly, but it very much is. It's very much part of northern English culture and... Mm. I that's just the way it is there's no apology for it it's just the way it is and so yeah it was kind of part of like you know I was proud to be like a northern girl who could knock him back sort of thing and I remember on nights out like I would get bored easily so I wouldn't drink the same thing I would go from red wine to rum to prosecco to beer to guinness to whiskey to everything on one night and feel fine the next morning and be rather proud of my skill and as time has moved on and I've evolved and I've become much more aware of my health and my body and more spiritual and all that jazz I have like cut down huge huge amount in my drinking I I can't really remember the last time I was drunk I've been tipsy a few times I'd say in the past you know six months um but I don't like being out of control so it yeah being drunk for me is like a massive like no-no um and yeah so I I just wanted to talk about it because I feel like again it's one of those things that we're a bit ashamed to talk about because I think we're all a bit scared that we may all have like a tiny little problem with it or a slightly unhealthy relationship with it Mm. and then it got me thinking well what is the right relationship to have with alcohol aside from not drinking at all, which is another thing that I, that sits not very well with me. So yeah, so that's kind of where it came from. So Sherelle, what what are your thoughts around this? Well, when you mentioned, oh, let's do an episode on alcohol, I was absolutely like, yes, let's do it. Because, (laughs) no, no, just because I think it is really so timely for me because I have really been rethinking my relationship with alcohol recently, but also 
um, the thing you just said at the end around the idea we don't speak about it and actually mm. so, um, someone who I follow is Cara Owl Labour who is the Champagne Diet is her blog and probably she's about a few months ago she basically did this post saying she's going to go sober for 90 days now this is someone whose whole personal brand and now business is based on champagne like the champagne diet is the name of her blog which has propelled her business and now she's saying she's going to go sober and she'll talk about how it's been really difficult to like ha- coming to that journey and being able to give up that part of our identity but also it started me reading just about people who are I suppose the idea that we just make it really acceptable. We've made alcohol so acceptable and so a normal part of culture that then if you say you don't want to drink, people then go to the complete extreme. It's like you basically only don't drink if you're an alcoholic, you're pregnant, or you're doing it for religious reasons. And that seems like the only three reasons yeah. why it's acceptable not to drink. So it was really interesting because then I started being listening to a podcast by someone who's like just talking all about it. The names totally lost me, but I'll try and find it out. So yeah, for me, it was just perfect timing to just think it is something that I think is something that affects most people. And particularly, I think at this age, you start to see, like, I think, yeah, you're 20s, you're just drinking, you don't really think about it. And even if it's just because in your 30s, you get hungover, your hangovers are worse. Or maybe it's because you just realise that you start putting your health more, or, you know, maybe you are thinking about having kids and you start to think, what is the impact all this drink's having on my body? Like, there's all those sort of reasons why I think it's a really important conversation to have. Yeah, and uh, that's that's interesting about the, the going sober thing and what you said about the reason people don't drink. Because, you know, in all honesty, like, that was kind of my view up to a few years ago that oh they mustn't drink because they've been addicted to it and so they're fearful of it so they just don't drink at all or they've just never been surrounded by drink so that may be because of their cultural religion or whatever um or they're pregnant so (laughs) I think the way that I saw it was people didn't drink not through choice but through circumstance yeah whereas now I'm seeing that people are choosing not to drink and for no reason apart from they don't want to drink like that's it like simple as that so um I've often I actually went on a date with a guy uh last year and he was Muslim and he didn't drink and I genuinely like I, I did this a lot in my dating days I like, took a step back and asked myself a question like could I give up drink like if I was to fall in love with someone who didn't drink could I give up drink and if I'm being like super honest the short answer is no like I would happily not drink in the house mm-hmm. or around that person but I No, I couldn't. And the reason is, is because it brings me a lot of joy. Now, when I drink now in my 30s, um, I drink because I truly enjoy the drink. I don't drink to forget. I don't drink to get drunk. I don't drink for confidence. Mm. I don't drink because I'm stressed. I drink because for me, I suppose it's a ritual like going to the fridge, getting out a bottle of wine, <laughs> pouring it, seeing like the crispness of it, you know. it's at, So if it's at home, it's a ritual for me. And then it complements the food that I'm eating. And it's, you know, it, it makes like a, an event for me, like of that moment. Or if I'm at a pub or a restaurant, it's, the, you know, looking at the wine list, seeing what sounds nice, ordering it, sharing that wine with others, like 
so for me it's become like a really beautiful like thing that I enjoy and I'm having to work on at the moment getting really comfortable of not feeling ashamed for that and not feeling guilt for it because Mm -hmm. I've started to have those feelings around it and I just need to surrender to the fact that I don't think I don't I mean I may but I don't think I'll ever be a teetotaler and um yeah it I I mean what what What's your relationship with it, Sherelle? So I, it's funny you just mentioned about teetotal because I basically was super late to drink. So I come from a family that don't drink, really. Um, okay. Like my mum literally doesn't drink at all. And my dad very occasionally drinks. Like he's definitely like, if he goes out the lads, he'll be the designated driver. Like he def- is, he drinks, but very rarely. I have, I don't drink at Christmas, for example. Like as you a- don't drink at Christmas? Christmas. No, so this I is the that. thing that's so funny. This is like where British <gasps> people that's can't like crazy for me to imagine. How awful is that? That oh gosh. So yeah, yeah like I we I rotate my Christmases between I have two other aunties on my mum's side, and we rotate having Christmas dinner. Okay. And I don't think any houses we ever have alcohol. I don't, I don't. Not that I can remember. Literally, when I go home, I normally go home for like christmas and new year and that whole period the only time i drink is when i'm with the girls and like we go out i don't have any other alcohol and so for me it's it's never been part of like my family it's just not part of the culture it's not part of like my family bringing like bringing up and i I was gonna say why if you don't mind me asking but why is it not part of culture is it a religion is it is it your um, heritage is it like or is it just a just a family that don't drink yeah it's really quite interesting because I don't think either side of the family drink. So my Mm -hmm. mum's side, um, my granddad from Sierra Leone and my um, grandma was English. And I'm not really, I think like some of the uncles drink, like I'm sure I've been to one of my uncles, he had a barbecue and we was all having a beer and like, they, yeah, like I'm sure a few of them drink, but there's a good few of them that don't. So I just don't believe they were brought up. Like, I just imagine they weren't really alcohol in the house, if that makes sense. Like, I've never really asked, but I've just assumed there never was alcohol in the house. And then on my um, dad's side, um, it was my grandma that brought him up and all my uncles and aunties. And so they're from, she's from Jamaica. So we have rum and mm. we'll have like, I don't like a ginger wine that we have. So we'll have like that maybe at Christmas and like my cousins occasionally have seen drink, but just on both sides, I've just never... Like drinking with my family feels really weird, basically, on either side of the family. Okay. It's just not a thing I really do. Um, and so for me, when I, and because like I dance, so I was never one of those teens that felt like the pressure that like you said about confidence. I never, I don't need to drink to dance. So even when I you was You don't like, need any more confidence, though. <laughs> no. So when I was like late teens and everyone like started getting to drink in and they're like, want to go out and like, you know, Nottingham's got a big going out scene. I'd still go out all the time, but I just didn't feel the need to drink to like enjoy that. So I was virtually sober, like I was teetotal the whole first year of uni and no one could understand that. Like everyone literally thought I was the biggest psycho in the world. Yeah, that's awful. Yeah, it is awful, but I probably would have thought the same. I'd have probably thought, why, what's wrong? Like, why is she not drinking? Like, what issues does she have with alcohol? Like. Yeah, I'm just being really honest. I would, I wouldn't think that now, but that's what I would have at 19. You know, I would I have know. judged. And I remember because I was on the cheerleading squad, and like the sports scene our uni was really big. So every Wednesday, you know, all the teams would get together. They'd all have their matches, then they'd all drink and do like drinking games. And everyone just could just didn't understand the fact. I was like, oh no, I don't drink. 
Um, and like, I don't know, sometimes people are like, oh, do you know, now that I do drink and like, I drink probably too much. And um, people are like, do you regret n- not having drank when you was at uni? And I was like, no, not really. Like I had a really good freshers year. I had a really mm. good time. And I, for me, I enjoy alcohol, but also I was like, I didn't need it then. So I don't see it as being an issue. Like I missed out. Like I still went out. So did all the fancy dress things. There's plenty of like good memories from that year. Probably more memories than if I drank. So, you know, what is there to like regret about it? But yeah, so it's been for me, it's gone from very much uh, being in Nottingham and not drinking, going to uni and like being introduced to alcohol and doing the very student thing of like drinking too much and, you know, drinking too many times a week. And then mm. moving to London. Oh, the only difference actually, one thing is, so when I was at uni, I drove. So I think actually, even though I probably did drink, I wasn't like necessarily someone, I would drink on big nights out and that would probably be it. Like it would be a conscious decision. Like I'm going to drink mm. today, so I'm going to leave my car at home, you know, get a taxi back with someone, blah, blah, blah. And what was really interesting for me is when I moved to London, because I stopped driving. And because virtually no one drives in London, you can mm. drink every single day. There is never an excuse to say I'm not going to drink and that has been the big thing so I am working theatre by day and that culture is absolutely full of drink like it's just every single place you go and recently I went to an event on Wednesday on a Monday at one o'clock so like this launch of a new theatre and when we walked in they only had alcohol and I was like it is one o'clock on a Monday and we're all just drinking wine. Mm. And, but that is the absolute standard, which is like all the events, it's just wine, like all the press nights, it's all like Prosecco and champagne. And I just got into this, totally sucked into this environment of also then being in London and people being like, oh, I've had a really hard day. It was really interesting to about like, I don't drink to unwind. So many yeah. people get that like, I've worked really hard today. It's been really stressful. Can we go for a drink after work? And either between going for a work, drink after work with people or the fact that, London, no one lives near each other. So you just meet up after work and you, and even like the dating scene. So you get a drink or you go for dinner. Like that's the two options to either see people or date really. And then actually working in the evenings, which also involves alcohol. It's just, it slowly has become the absolute norm without me realizing it, that I could easily have X amount of glasses of wine every night. And then you get to the end of the week and then you go to the doctors and they ask you, so how much do you drink a week? Oh God, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's the scale babes that's the scale just don't but but the thing is I mean the the recommended amount I think is quite small anyway so I think unfortunately most of us are, are off the scale but you, know, you brought up a few interesting points there the driving thing's interesting we spoke about that in one of our earliest podcast yeah. episodes where I said about dating and driving because I had a car um in the north and that affected it because I drove and I could have one drink and that was it so that was interesting so I get that I will be really honest so having lived in London for four years not lived there for two London is crazy for drinking. I mean, I've never drunk so much as I did in London because it's just, it's just everywhere. It's so accessible and it's so the norm. And I actually, I don't really suffer from FOMO. So like fear of missing out because I just, I'm like that. I'm not that bothered. But the one time I would was if I saw people stood outside a pub on like a Friday night in the sun with a like cold pint and I'd just be like oh god I want that I want to do that that's that's no. you know that's <laughs> the worst so I used to work on a road that had 
four bars and pubs on it so one of them mm. is was like this big canadian one so people used to all like it attracted loads of tourists anyway so they'd just be drinking there every day and then there was this other one where i'd be in the meeting room on a thursday or friday and if you had any meeting after 3 30 with the windows open you could just hear everyone already drinking yeah. and i in the summer i'd just be like why am i sitting in this meeting when they're in the pub like this is not fair but and that environment of just being like I couldn't I couldn't get from my office to get back to the tube without having to pass so many people on the street drinking yeah it's uh I think that's the hardest sometimes and and what that's just made me think of is so my time in India because that was interesting with alcohol so India is um a majority Hindu country and so there is alcohol and obviously it's Delhi which is capital city so you know a bit like the London of of India um but in very different ways but the alcohol there like so there are lots of bars and and stuff uh obviously restaurants serve alcohol but not all so you'd have to like check a menu if you knew you wanted a glass of wine we didn't you'd have to check a menu. it wouldn't be a given mm. that that restaurant would serve alcohol and um, the bars i found were either very high class so kind of your very your cocktail type bars or if i ever went to a bar that wasn't quite as high class it was full of men Okay. So I'd sometimes be the only woman. Um, ah. I probably shouldn't have been there, but whatever. And <laughs> and and I ended up like just having the places that I knew where I could get a drink. Like sometimes mm-hmm. if I just wanted a drink. Um, in India, there's quite a lot of dry days, so that means that no alcohol can be served either in shops or in restaurants or bars. Okay. Um, and that's normally on like uh, religious days or election days or things like that. That's so funny. And I'm like, on our sort of bank holidays, it's the complete opposite. Everyone's like, like opposite, how much alcohol yeah. can we get? <laughs> exactly. And it'd be funny, like some days, I'd just be like, oh, it'd be lovely to have a glass of wine today. And then you'd just, you'd start walking down the street and see all these posters saying dry day today. And you'd laugh, for God's sake, like, I just, <laughs> I just thought it'd be nice to have a glass of wine today. And, I, and you literally couldn't get it. Like it was illegal, like on that day. Um, so, and also it's hard to get alcohol as in for home. So I had my own apartment, which I was very lucky to have. And um, I did drink a huge amount less in India, but I still drank and I wanted to drink. And it's, you know, it was something nice for me to do. I spent a lot of time on my own in India and it was just something nice for me to do um, in the evening sometimes. So they have basically, they, ha- they do have alcohol shops that I would say are a little bit dodgy that are like non monitored but then they have what they call government wine and beer shops okay so but they're not like they're quite sparse so you'd have to like so and the other thing is you can't take alcohol onto the metro okay so I once bought a bottle of wine put it in my bag I wasn't going to drink it on the metro it was for home and then the guard told me I couldn't get on the metro because you have to in India you go through um uh, like airport security style thing every time you get on the metro oh because of terrorism etc yeah. so you basically have to put your bags through a scanner and you have to be searched every time every single person that gets on the metro you have to do it so um i just had this little bottle of wine in in the bag and he was like you you can't you have to go you can't get on so then i had to get an uber home i either had to drink the wine throw it away or get an uber so i got an uber 
and then and I got annoyed and yeah. I got and I, I felt no but I felt bad like I have to respect the culture but I it just frustrated me that I was like but I'm not gonna drink you know it's just like I like you know I just want to take it home with me and, and I couldn't um so yeah but you have these government wine and beer shops um that you have to kind of make sure you get to because they're not that easy you can't just walk to one it's like you have to probably get a taxi to one um and then you kind of know the wine and everything is safe and it's from a, a true source and it's all like priced correctly and and stuff like that um but you know wine isn't cheap there it's taxed a huge huge amount mm. so a basic and i'm talking basic bottle of indian wine which a lot of people don't like but i do thankfully but you're looking at eight or nine pound for just okay. like basic so probably double what you pay here for just a normal bottle of wine so again like there was a guilt there that I was spending money on something you know that could have bought me like an hour's massage or you know something mm. like that and I was but it was my choice and I did it um and yeah there were days when I thought oh, it'd be really nice to have a glass of wine but I literally have no way of getting one like I'd have to get a taxi somewhere and that felt wrong so I didn't you know and so that was interesting um but the biggest thing for me was I chose to go to Rishikesh at the end of my time in India I went to an ashram and I went knowing that Rishikesh was a dry town so there are no alcohol whatsoever in Rishikesh uh Rishikesh is like a five six hour drive north of Delhi and it's a very spiritual town it's where lots of people do yoga teach training and stuff like that um, and there's also no meat restaurants. It's all wow. vegetarian. So I knew that and I was fine mm. for 10 days. I didn't crave alcohol. I didn't want one. There was maybe one like sunset where we were sat on the beach with the girls and I thought, oh, a cold beer would be lovely now. But it wasn't like, it didn't make, and I found it really interesting that the fact I couldn't, I knew I couldn't get it. I knew I just could not get it. Made me not want it well it's the and ease just, and convenience of it that's the thing yeah and like London <laughs> is it's so easy unbelievably easy and I, I think it does make a difference between yeah. you know you feeling like you've got to make an effort to go and get something versus you've got it on your doorstep what was really interesting was like you what you said about like I'm on a sunset and that's just what makes me think about it <laughs> and that one things um is about like the association we have with alcohol so summer mm. Like, as soon as it's sunny, I'm just like, oh, I just, want a, I just want a nice fruit cider in the park. That's what I want. Like, that is what I want. But it's really funny, like, how much more people drink in summer because as soon as it's sunny, our absolute right is to sit in the sun with alcohol. Yeah. Yeah. No, no, I know. And But it's also a very London thing, that. Yeah. Like, it, it feels so much more acceptable in London. I don't know why. I don't I don't know why. It's It's... It's. In, I don't know if it's the mentality that people work really hard in London and so they play really hard. I, yeah. I don't know, but um, yeah, I get that. And I and the 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 other thing that has been interesting is I've spoke to quite a lot of people from different cultures and mm. nationalities and religions about the subject over the past year or so with me traveling and and stuff like that. Um, and some people struggle to understand the culture that we have and I do feel ashamed of it I but then I, I'm part of it and I am a bit confused about 
where I am with it all. How do you feel about all of like what I class like working man pubs that were getting shut down? Like, you know, in England, there's been a massive deterioration. Like, we are stripping out pubs out of, like, people's locals areas. And the only mm. pubs that seem to exist nowadays are, like, ones that get turned into gastro pubs. And then they become, like, family acceptable and all that sort of stuff. Or we're getting all these high-class cocktail bars. And actually, our culture in England actually still is changing. Because for so many people, for so long, like, a local used to be like how you knew people and how you met people and it was like a whole yeah. community and now we're seeing that's changing yeah I I also think yeah and I I don't agree with that I think we're losing community and yeah. that makes me sad what you've just sparked to me then is I do think maybe we get in terms of that sense a bit of a bad rap because when I think of like Mediterranean countries, I truly believe I've got like an Italian heart in me because I think I drink like a Mediterranean does. Like I would love to have a glass of wine with dinner every night and that's all I'd need. But that would be just beautiful for me. And that's what they do over there. And no one has a go at them. It's like, oh, it's what the Italians do. Oh, it's what the Greeks do. Well, why is that more acceptable? And I, I do think, you know, like old men would go to a little bar in just outside Naples and and probably have a few beers and it wouldn't be seen as a bad thing I don't think but here in a working men's club if a, an older guy has a few pints at the place at the corner of the road it probably would be seen more negative and I think that's interesting mm. is it because you know it's like la dolce vita and you know like well they're living that beautiful like chilled Mediterranean life and we're just a bit more western and I don't, I don't know i really oh, don't I think know it's what the... we've got too much history of like drink equaling araldiness true yeah I think that's, but I then think... why <laughs> you know why do the italians not get all aggy after a few limoncellos you know <laughs> why i just i just do find it very interesting that i i i I think my drinking pattern was is more like a Mediterranean, yeah. a typical Mediterranean person than anywhere else in the world. I don't binge drink. I actually hate binge drinking. You know, I went out on Friday for my birthday and I've drunk, that's the most I've drunk in ages, but I was a tiny bit tipsy and the next morning I didn't even know I'd been drinking. I felt fine. And, mm. you know, because I didn't need, I didn't need the drink. I enjoyed like the Prosecco with dinner. And then I, I was just drinking because it was more of a social thing. I didn't need, I didn't feel a need to get drunk, you know, but I don't know what, what do you think? Why is, why is it acceptable maybe to, to have that romantic glass of wine with dinner every night in, in the mainland Europe and here, like there's a guilt around it. There's like this whole yeah. middle class, like, Oh, you know, you can't knock back wine every, every night of the week. But I, but I think people do. And I think actually, I think, you know, I know couples, for example, that definitely have half a glass of wine every night. There are people that come home and they start cooking dinner and they open a bottle and they... Half a bottle of wine. Yeah, so it's because there's two yeah. of them. So they have half a bottle each, don't they? They, you know, they finish a bottle each. Um, they finish a bottle a night. And mm. I think we do class that as acceptable. Like actually, one of the things being single that definitely came up for me was the idea of, was it, is it okay for me to drink by myself at home? because yes no, but, it's, but it's one of those really interesting things because I was like actually if I was at home and I was cooking dinner with someone else I would you could easily have half a bottle of wine and that would be acceptable but if you're at home by yourself you're not going to have a whole bottle of wine so then 
what what happens in, instead and the fact actually you know you're talking about like Greece and Italy and stuff I once went on a holiday with a friend and all her family drank beer and I didn't mm. drink beer so I used to have a carafe of wine with dinner yeah <laughs> which is That's what like like 500 five, it's 500 mil so it's two large glasses yeah. of wine is but the fact, like, I would never even have thought of ordering that. And then I think on the first day, I was like, going to get a glass of wine. And someone was like, oh, I'll just get a carafe. And then for the whole rest of this week, every single night, I had a carafe to myself. <laughs> and I was like, but we don't have a carafe in England. Like, you're not going to... So you either have a bottle or you sort of don't. Um, yeah. <laughs> and yeah. so I don't. I generally... I would say for me, for me, drink is definitely a social thing. Like, I don't ha- I don't associate with dinner. I actually don't like having uh like wine with dinner like even if I go out I know I don't drink I don't even like to drink water with dinner I like just to eat dinner really? <laughs> I really I hate just... in restaurants where they're like they always like come to you straight when they're like what do you want to drink I'm like I generally don't want anything like I just want to really eat my dinner and enjoy it like leave me alone <laughs> I love this I love it's we're so different again aren't we obviously but I love drinking on my own and I mean that in a just a glass of wine sense Mm. like I used to you know in my past relationship my partner would work loads of nights I'd spend lots of Friday and Saturday nights in the flat on my own and my perfect night was opening a bottle of wine I would never ever ever finish a whole bottle ever I just put it away for the next night Mm. and a lot of women said that they would never be able to do that, that they wouldn't be able to leave a bottle of wine open and I think that's where issues come in of drinking on your own but I could, easy peasy because I then think, oh, it's there for the next night. Yeah, but I don't want to think I've got to drink it the next night. Well, you don't have to but but I know I like to drink most days of the week so for me it's just there but my favourite thing would be pour a glass of wine, put music on, cook, and then I'd end up like probably da- I would like dance and sing to YouTube videos for about three hours after that, right. or read Vogue, or you know that's how I entertain myself in my twenties. I rock on, um, but yeah, I love drinking on my own. I've never had an issue with it, um, and this is when I think maybe I do have for someone who drinks alcohol a healthy relationship with it in yeah. the sense that I know I can stop, mm-hmm. I know when to stop. I am not reliant on it, but I do miss it if it's not there in some situations. But I think Rishikesh was a big lesson for me. For 10 days, it was fine. Mm. But if someone says, oh, by the way, all the alcohol in the world is now gone, I would be sad, you know, so... (laughs) there's plenty of alcohol i don't like i'm definitely not going to drink the world's whole supply like guinness, no, oh, um, I, guinness. <laughs> I know you love guinness that's why i said it i think like you clearly have got quite a good relationship with it and i think i think that's the thing is people need to work out for them like what works and what doesn't so actually you have to say to myself i shouldn't drink at home alone because I think of it as a social activity, I then got really slightly bitter about being single and therefore not being able to drink alone. So, yeah, because then I felt like, well, this is, I'd be at home on a Friday and being like, well, this isn't fair. I've got no friends to go out with, so I can't go out. I'm home by myself because I don't have a man. So I just get to sit here and make myself some lonely dinner. We have had a whole episode about lonely dinners Um, (laughs) and not drink. So now I have a bottle of Bailey's. Because I feel like I can just have one glass. Oh, no, <laughs> because I feel like you can put that away and then you don't. I, I think if you drink a spirit, so I think I have an issue about wine that I just feel like, because I don't drink red, I feel like white and rose don't last that long, which have opened it, if that makes sense. 
Whereas, and that could, that could be a totally imaginary thing, but in my head, I feel like red lasts a long time, whereas I just don't think white and rosé do. But I think if you drink a spirit, then you absolutely can have a glass and then you just put it away and you can just have them in your cupboards and they last for years and years and years, don't they? Mm. So that became my thing that I was like, I just got a bottle of babies and I was like, if I'm ever sitting at home on a Friday night and I'd like to have something, I can just have that. So that became like my thing. But for me, alcohol generally is a much more of a social thing and I'm definitely a like, go out and drink with the girls or drink with the guys or whatever and it's a big part of like the going out culture like I like a big Friday or Saturday night out that is definitely something that I am I am one of those people and I want to try 75 different cocktails and <laughs> yeah like, no that's it's interesting <laughs> I'm a Prosecco princess and yeah all, all of that stuff um I sure am but I um did and I thought it'd be interesting to talk about did not drink uh for Lent a few years ago so I gave it up mm. and I was still dating at the time so I think it was interesting when you were saying about you know you thought when you went on a date with someone and they didn't drink oh would I could I see myself giving up drink mm. and I think there's a really interesting thing when you go dating around drinking and other people's drinking habits and all that sort of stuff um and so I didn't drink for yeah for Lent but I was, it was I was single at the time so I was dating so it was a weird thing that I thought oh one, people are going to think I'm weird because I'm not. But then are they going to think I don't drink? And then that's what they're going to expect from me for the rest of my life. But I do drink. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? I was like, am I giving off the wrong first impression? Um, and recently I was saying, because I've been like trying to drink less at the moment because I'm really on a big like fitness kick and I just don't see the point in going to the gym and drinking all this water and eating all this good food and then having drinking in the evening but I'm still trying to date so I'm like I don't really want to drink on a date but then I'm like what we just ha I do really think god am I being judged that if I just have like a non-alcoholic drink what is the other person going to think of me and it's funny because I work in it? yeah I mean you can but it's the things that go through people's heads straight away yeah. like even when I was in this office and I was like saying this girl had gone on a date and she said oh and I like got there and he was like having like um soda water and lime and I was like what am I gonna do with you <laughs> and I was like yeah but that's what I want to have like recently I, went, I, went, I met a girl one evening like we're just going for like drinks and I was just like I really want to meet you but I don't want to drink at the moment so I had a soda and lime but I'm like if I went on a date I still feel that slight pressure to just have an alcoholic beverage so they don't think I'm like crazy yeah um, I've just explained it though I would just say look I'm just gonna you know I'm not drinking tonight I'm just trying to I'm on a bit of a health kick I love my wine but you know um and you never know that person may be like oh cool I know I've wanted to do that for ages but I just yeah. need to get the motivation or or they may be like because if someone is like uh oh right okay I thought we were gonna have like a good night or something then you know they're not for you like sort of thing it's uh yeah, yeah, I get what you mean. I think it's interesting that you said, if you say it as well, other people might, they might be like, oh, I want to do the same too. And I've definitely seen a ripple effect recently since I made this massive active, right, I'm just I'm sort of giving up drinking. Like, I basically, at events for work, I've stopped. I, like, truly basically ask myself, would I drink this drink if I had to pay for it? That's. I think that's good, yeah. Yeah, because basically I just get offered free alcohol all the time. And so I just was mm. like, would I drink it if I had to pay for it? And that's just been like my new way of thinking about it. And so I've been drinking a lot less and I've like told a few like of the London girls about it. And it's been really interesting how many of the people have been like, yeah, actually I need to do it too. 
but it's like you just need someone else to say like it is acceptable to turn it down yeah and that is fine and then because yeah you know there's so many people that I think we're trying like the health implications it's not good for your health it's not good for your body and you know actually I think I was reading something recently that said the next generation underneath us are drinking a lot less like mm. I don't know what generation they're called but they're saying they drink a lot less and it's really interesting because they're so much more like health conscious that they've seen they know that like the bad reality of alcohol the fact is you know if we didn't have the tax laws on it that we probably do we wouldn't they wouldn't sell it but we just make so much money as a country from the tax that they're never going to stop us it's the same it is the same as cigarettes like it's just too much of an income generator for a country just to be like yeah. let's take it away even though all the damaging impact of it mm, okay yeah that's i think i think it it is important to talk about and I hope that the people listening you know it just it just makes us think I don't know what the right and wrong answer is yeah I think apart from not drinking at all I don't know I think everybody I think every medical professional will have a different opinion yes. you know I've heard some medical professions say you know oh have a glass of wine when you're pregnant or and some are like don't you dare it's the worst thing you can do like everyone is it, I don't think there's any like 100% stark evidence on exactly what to do. I do believe it's about listening to your own body, looking at how it affects you, your relationship with it. You know, are you relying on it? Are you dependent on it? Or is it something that is just part of your life that brings you a bit of joy? Um, and I just, I think, yeah, whoever's listening to this, just to kind of have take a few moments to think about, you know, what is your relationship with it, you know, and what what part does it play in your life? Um, and also the money aspect and the time aspect, you know, is it, is it eating into your time the day after? Oh is it costing you a lot of money that could be going to other things? Can and... I just say the money, like the money factor. Mm. Recently we've been talking to so many people that are like, oh, I really need to save more. And I'm just like, look how much money you spend on alcohol. Mm. Like, mm. honestly, I mean, London, the markup on it and, and like bars and stuff is just horrendous. But anywhere it's horrendous. Like if you if you are going out X amount of times and you think about how much money you're spending on that and what you get out of it. And like you said, the whole thing about time, actually, the biggest reason why I've started to cut back was time, because I just was like, if you're if you lose your productivity the next day. Like, I just can't afford to lose that at the moment. And that's yeah. why I've been like, right, I need to really think about, it's not just about having a really good night or having a lovely, nice evening. It's about what the implications are the next day and that reality of it. But also I'd love to really hear from people, like how you feel about drinking and also like how you're like your friends, does that have an impact on you? Just where you live have an impact. Like both has been quite honest about that the changing of environment the change in like me at work versus me at home all those sort of things just have a different impact on you so I think most people's relationships are quite fluid and you'll change with time and there's times of the year when you're more into it and there's times of years when you're not like are you a Christmas is Christmas literally like you can't remember your whole week because you've been home and you're, you're like sitting on the sofa with your nan falling asleep um or you're like me and you have a dry a dry Christmas or you're someone that like loves to go out with the girls and you like your verity you choose you go through the menu you actually know what these fancy words mean whereas I'm like 
<laughs> do not i went to wine tasting club at work once to try and like learn a bit more about wine i'm just like awful um like can you smell the different hues of it and um, yeah it would be really interesting just to hear people's thoughts sending some pictures of you having your favorite drink we're going to share ours on the instagram so make sure you check it out um and yeah just send in your pictures drop us a dm and we can't wait to hear from you Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Free and Figuring It Out. Don't forget to hit the subscribe button so you don't miss the next installment. And if you want to be a superstar, please leave us a review. Or you can get in touch with us. Drop us an email at freeandfiguringitout at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you. Until next time.